Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast, and today I'm actually here with Tom Mathen, who is from Ambari. So Ambari, for those who don't know, is an amazing marine research facility that combines both engineering and science to study and understand the ocean and make really great advances. So hi Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So first of all, I want to ask, what type of work do you do at Ambari exactly? Well, I'm an embedded software engineer. And I have a degree in electrical engineering from Cal Poly. So I use both of those skills. I design electronics and I write software. And I also do project management. I'm typically on five to seven projects per year. And each of the projects is usually a three to five year effort. So multitasking and teamwork are also important skills. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of work, it sounds like. But then, actually, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, given your background, right, electrical and software engineering, what actually brought you into marine research? Well, that's an interesting story. I had been working at a large semiconductor company Hmm. and had been in engineering and product management for a number of years and was looking to get back to hands-on engineering. And a friend tipped me about a job opening at Imbari, and while waiting at an airport in India... I applied, and the interview was scheduled just after I landed in San Francisco uh, early in the morning on Monday. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so then you just interviewed with Ambari and just got interested? Yeah. In, uh, (laughs) I think I hadn't slept in about 55 hours. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd been on an airplane for I don't know how long, going around the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Definitely a random introduction to the field. (laughs) I'm surprised they hired me. (laughs) No, I'm sure they highly value you. You're a really great engineer. But then I know um, maybe you didn't have much experience with it before, but now working at Ambari, how are you actually able to apply software engineering to marine research? Like, How do those fit together? Well, it starts by working with the Ambari scientists to understand what it is they need to enable their research into to help define the engineering requirements. And science and engineering speak different languages, and I'm able to use skills I've learned in product management to help find out what's important and get that written down and reviewed and to ensure buy-in and understanding. And when it finally gets down to writing code, I use unit tests, automated regression testing where possible, and good basic bug tracking and change management. Um, Really, we're all about the delivery of solid, reliable code. It's like writing standard code, but with a different application. That's really awesome. And then earlier, also, you mentioned you work on multiple projects at the same time. Actually, what kind of projects are you working on currently? The projects range from deep sea scientific instrument development, coordinated multi-vehicle robotics, uh, integrating sensors on ocean robots. I've designed and built camera tags for white sharks. And right now I'm working on a really exciting real-time in-situ microscopy project where we're going to be having automated species identification using machine learning. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of variety in (laughs) the projects that you're working on. Um, And the last one you mentioned is using machine learning. And I did also see that you had worked on a project using artificial intelligence as well. Um, I believe working with the Dorado AUV, AUV being an automated underwater vehicle. So how exactly are you able to use artificial intelligence to benefit research? So I worked with Connor Rajan uh, to adapt NASA technology that was developed for deep space missions to work on the deep sea autonomous underwater vehicle missions. 
this constraint-based planning system would adapt a vehicle's mission plan to optimize the best outcome for science goals. And so, you know, based on sensors, based on, you know, a number of goals in the system, it had a means to determine what was the optimal use of the vehicle while it was underwater. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's really awesome. There's some very complex artificial intelligence terms that I'm going to just avoid. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the viewers say thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just for those watching who might not know, um, AUV is there, you can imagine it like a underwater robot that pretty much goes on its own based on a mission plan and a mission plan. It's like a set of instructions that it follows. So from what I understand, the AI allows it to adapt its mission depending on the conditions that it is in. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, we have a good idea based on time of year, the scientists understand what's, what's going on in the ocean. So say we're looking for an intermediate nepheloid layer. It's kind of a cloud of a certain type of organism. I think it's a diatom. And if, if we're not finding the intermediate nepheloid layer and then you know studying the boundaries of it, well, what else can the vehicle do? If the sensor data is showing that there's a deep chlorophyll maximum or some other interesting science phenomena, the vehicle can optimize its use of time and energy to return data for something that's a secondary goal if the primary goal is just not found. Well, it's kind of like this. Imagine you're driving in your car and you're, you're, you're wanting to go to the store and pick up something, right? Mm -hmm. Say Folgers coffee. You get to the <laughs> store and they don't have Folgers coffee. Oh, no. And that was what you were told to do. So you just come home. Mm -hmm. Well... We throw a little bit of intelligence in there and say, well, as long as you're at the store, why don't you pick up some eggs and milk too? And maybe a different brand of coffee would be fine. Hmm. That's a really good way to explain it, actually. Thank you so much. This type of artificial intelligence, it sounds like, wow, it's very grand, right? Wow, the vehicle is smart. What it is, is we we have a a reliable and testable way to look at the range of possible outcomes and have a system that can readjust the plan to optimize for the best outcome. Mm -hmm. So it's simple intelligence, but it is in the class of things in computer science called artificial intelligence. And you can learn more about it if you look up constraint-based planning systems. Awesome. Yeah, AI is a huge, huge field. So there's so much you can do with it and so much variety and, you know, the complexity as well. So yeah, hopefully everyone will be able to learn about that too in the future, if they haven't already. Well, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, that that system we were, we were working on. And then there was this revolution in, you know, deep learning and machine learning where neural nets came on board and the focus of the AI community has has swung over to you know machine learning and neural nets and um, the the constraint based planning system that we had was very exciting in its time and that is it's kind of yesterday's AI and today's AI is all about using GPUs and you know the the system we have on the on the microscope is we teach the microscope how to identify the plankton and then it identifies the plankton as it's swimming along. Wow. 
definitely very impressive. I know I also worked on a completely separate machine learning project, which machine learning is also considered AI. So there's just so many applications and, yeah. you know, so much that you can really do using computer science in research, which is really amazing. And then I know, sadly, we don't have too much time to get into too much detail for all of the amazing projects you do. But um, do you have anything that's especially funny or meaningful that you experienced or an experiment maybe that you had that you could share with us? Huh. Well, that, that's inter interesting. So <laughs> conferences are a good place to learn, share, and network. And I try to attend two a year. Mm -hmm. And I had a coworker who could not present at a conference due to a death in the family. And I offered to do it for him. And it turns out he had a keynote talk with over a thousand in attendance and a press conference afterwards. And I had thought it was a talk in a room full of 30 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, public speaking is also a good skill and um, I always wish I was better at it. But you still, you managed to give the talk or? I did. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. It's <laughs> definitely impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave the I gave the press conference as well. Oh wow! And they followed me around for a day, having me re-record things I said during the press conference. Oh no! <laughs> and then I am not a doctor, but in in the media afterwards, they were calling me Doctor Maffin. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Well. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, how did, I'm honestly impressed you were able to just go out there and give a talk about a different topic. What had you worked on it too? Then I assume. Well, the, it was it was really a talk about artificial intelligence and what what is the future of artificial intelligence in the ocean was what the talk turned out to be. And I I signed up for the talk without even knowing the content. I just oh, no. <laughs> I did it to to help a coworker. That's so funny. Wow, I'm. I'm glad you made it through then. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm still alive. That's good. That's good. Um just side note, is there anywhere we could actually see find this talk? I hope not. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So then I have one more question actually uh before we conclude. Do you have any tips for the aspiring computer scientists that are possibly interested in research applications such as those listening right now? That's a good question. Personally, I think getting involved in club projects, uh, you know, clubs at school are a great way to figure out if you're interested in something or not. Um, you know, do club projects and then your senior project is a really great way to dive in and get some experience and teach yourself what you like and what you don't by doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being your own boss on a project of your own making or partnering up with friends uh, to make an Arduino-based art project or a mobile phone game. Those are all excellent things to do. That's true. That's a really good tip. Thank you so much. And I know for me too, I actually started because I went out and I asked questions, right? Different clubs, different professors. So definitely go out there. Don't be shy and, you know, be curious. Find what you like. So, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for the tip. Sure. And then thank you so much also for taking time to let me interview you. It was really interesting. And I'm sure everyone has a lot of questions now. So, <laughs> yeah, thank well, you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, and have a great day, everyone listening.